Make the intro just your typing sounds. <laughs> this is this is just silence and. <laughs> yeah, it's what I want. <laughs> Dude, you could do it in Morse code. Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> or you could do it in a Stephen Hawking voice. Hello, podcast. <laughs> how, how how long can you keep that up, Andy? Not not very long. <laughs> Because I might just keep your intro there. Spoiler warning. Welcome to another episode of Brian and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Mike Bradley. Hello. And Ian Leidick. Sup, guys? I just clipped my nails and I'm ready to roll. He likes to be... Fresh. Yeah, fresh. <laughs> Let's say fresh. He likes to be fresh for the podcast. We can't see yeah, his I'd... nails or care about his nails, but he's, he's ready for the podcast. Uh, as I've been doing the last couple of weeks, I'd like to remind everyone that we're getting close to our 100th episode. Uh, again, my idea for that was to try to get some fan interaction for that. So if you have any topic suggestions or questions for us, uh, you can hit us up at either the Facebook page for Bry Guy and Super Friends. You can email us at bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at BG Super Friends on Twitter. Any of those will work. Uh, we still have zero responses, so I don't know why I keep putting this out there <laughs> thinking sooner or later someone will comment, but. If we don't, we'll figure out something on our own. But if you'd like to give us some suggestions, that's the way to do it. Uh, and if you've been paying attention, we've been away a few weeks. Uh, this, I think we took a two-week break. Uh, two weeks ago, Mike and I were in Orlando. And last week, there was a scheduling mess, and I've been sick from our trip. So hopefully I'm on the tail end of that. And we're trying to catch up on all the stuff that we should have talked about last week. So this should be fun. Uh, on the episode, we're narrowing it down to probably just two trailers. Obviously, we want to talk about the Last Jedi trailer. Uh, Marvel actually hit us with a trailer for Thor Ragnarok. I think it was two weeks ago. Well, yeah, probably about two weeks ago now. Um, which is too awesome not to talk about, so I figured we had to fit it in here. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's pretty much all we got. Just two trailers. Because considering, really, for the amount of time we spent talking about past Star Wars trailers, this is probably enough for us to cover in two hours. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and as I mentioned, I think at the, the end of the last podcast we did and probably even about a minute ago mike and i were in orlando two weeks ago because we actually went to star wars celebration so we got to see the trailer for the last jedi in a room full of star wars fans which was fucking cool uh i actually i think both of us took a video of watching the trailer at that in that room trying to catch the reaction of everybody everybody in the room i did post the video that i took up on the facebook page so if you want to check it out it's up there on the facebook page for bragging a super friends uh, so before we get, I guess, like too far into the show, and since we never actually recorded anything that we sort of talked about doing while we were at the show at Celebration, uh, Mike, what did you think of your Star Wars Celebration experience? Well, first I will say, if you would like to see the video that I recorded while I was standing directly next to Brian at the same time, <laughs> I can 
post that as well if you ask for it. Um, and if you do, you know what? You're just uh, I, I'm not going to post it. You can, just <laughs> but um, I, I still have a headache from the show. Um, and it will, I'll get the bad out first in that the company that was in charge of the show and which was Reed Pop and the company in charge of the autographs and photo ops, which was Tops, um, can't say enough about how poorly handled some things were. Um, you know, I feel like autographs, photo ops, they sold more than they could handle. And I, you know, I, I'm thankful we got our autographs from Mark Hamill and that we actually managed to get them. And I'm sure there was some people that just flat out did not get the autographs they wanted Yeah. because so many people were being turned away each day that there was a line full of people on Saturday that were Thursday and Friday ticket holders that had to go first before the Saturday people could start getting in line. And, you know, Tops is a big company. That's kind of a fumble on their part. You know, you, you, you have set time slots. You should have a better idea of how long things are going to take. Um, that being said, it was also unfortunate. Mark Hamill had lost his voice and wasn't feeling well. So I did get to get his autograph. Didn't really get to speak to him in any way. Uh, yeah, we technically which, didn't really meet him. Like, we didn't even yeah. shake his hand or anything. They just shuffled our picture over. He signed it, shuffled along, and next... Is, and I, I mean, I, I feel like that was a lot to do with trying to get people through. Yeah, I think well. at that time, like Mike was saying, there was he was backed up between Thursday and Friday. People that were waiting to get autographs, so we finally got around to him on Saturday. And they were we had a ticket for Thursday, so they were letting us in first. Now the people for Thursday or for Saturday, they were queuing up, like the line was around the bend for him for Saturday. So. If he was that far backed up for Thursday and Friday, who knows if any of those people on Saturday actually got a chance to get him to sign anything. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Because he wasn't signing Sunday. So What did, what did you guys get him to sign a headshot? Uh, the Last Jedi posters that were exclusively given to us at the panel. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, luckily, it's one of the good things that happened because we didn't get to get his autograph on Thursday when we had it scheduled. We went to this Last Jedi panel. They gave us posters. So we were able to get him to sign the poster on Saturday. So that actually kind of worked out in a way. A little bit, yeah. It did. It did. It, I mean, it didn't work out in the sense that, you know, Thursday they told us, you know, oh, Group C's probably not getting signed today. You can, you know, go get your day changed or get a refund over in that line. Then we waited in that line for an hour. And then, you know, I think there was two people in front of us before the counter when they finally came over and said, oh, it's not going to matter now. Whatever, you know, autograph group and ticket you have for whatever day, it's good for any time. It was just kind of like, you could have made this decision a lot sooner. Yeah. And not had us waiting in here in line all this time for that. Um, other highlights from the trip, obviously. The Last Jedi panel was amazing. I wish I had sat on the lower level on an end seat, maybe got a selfie with Warwick Davis. That would have been <laughs> fairly awesome. That would have been very cool. Because there were, I don't know, it was about five or six people that were sitting on end seats on the lower level that wound up getting that. And, I mean, the one thing that stuck out to me was Warwick Davis trolled the shit out of some guy that was missing. <laughs> like, there was a guy sitting on an end, and, like, his buddy's stuff was sitting on the second seat in. 
and evidently the guy had like a stormtrooper helmet that he was wearing around, so he mu- must have been in costume. And so, you know, the the Warwick had him like pick up the stormtrooper helmet, hold it in the picture for a selfie with him, and be like, "Oh, your friend's gonna feel like an asshole for missing this." Like, <laughs> so that was fun. The panel was fun, but for me, I for me it's either the trailer for the Last Jedi being at the top of the list. Or the sprinklers turning on on the <laughs> sidewalk on all the people waiting to get inside the convention center to wait overnight for that panel. You know, you had thousands of people lined up on the street and on the sidewalk. And I guess it was right at 8 o'clock they were on their timer. And the sprinklers just turned on. And I don't know how many people's nights got absolutely ruined by that. But I just found it fucking hilarious. <laughs> Did you and guys get hit? No. Luckily, Almost. where we were standing, the sprinklers were actually pointed at the grass and not the sidewalk. Okay. So we were mostly okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have the turning ones. There was a couple of them, like, up the way from where we were that were, like, the spinning sprinklers that were getting big areas and soaking the entire sidewalk. And the line just kind of bowed out into the in the middle of the street. Cops had to show up and everything, and that was just kind of hilarious. But after that, we get shuffled into a giant room with all these people that were waiting. And, you know, I, I actually heard a guy behind me somewhere. sounded like he was from the south somewhere, Texas, something like that. He had a real thick accent. But he had a great idea, and he made an excellent point. You know, $100 worth of rope just to make seven different lines for feeders into security would have been so much simpler than having everybody walk up and figure out where to go at the end of the line. Yeah. And just kind of shuffle their own way through. And things would have moved fast, and we wouldn't have been in that room for what felt like forever. And I don't even know how long it was, but, you know, it was at the point where it was just bad, the way they handled that. Um, Got any other highlights you want to touch on? John Williams showing up. I mean, we weren't even in the room, but we got the... I mean, I did not expect John Williams to be there. Like, yeah. Harrison Ford being there was a big deal. Because he doesn't show up for shit. And, you know, I think partly that was commemorating Carrie Fisher and partly because it's 40 years and those two things together, I think, got him to show up. Yeah, yeah. But to me, the the biggest surprise was John Williams was actually there. That was, you know, they very easily could have just, you know, played the music over the speakers as opposed to having him there. But, right. you know, what a treat that was for those people in the room. Yeah. You know, um, and other highlights, I, eh, not really, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a lot of standing in lines. Disney was incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, D- Disney was honestly, the difference between Disney and the show was night and day. Disney, you go in, everything's running smooth, clockwork, everything's happening when it's supposed to, and your short lines wasn't bad. Yeah, and their alcoholic drinks were pretty cool too. <laughs> what uh, what did you guys do with Disney? We had tickets um, for they had something Friday night, like when the when the convention floor closed, they had something from seven to midnight at Hollywood Studios in Disney. Okay, that you could pay extra for, like you you get your separate ticket for that thing. But they called it Galactic Nights, and it was all Star Wars themed stuff. But uh, I think cool. they like kicked people out of that section of the park for that night, unless you had those tickets. So, waits to get in the lines and stuff for like five, ten minutes. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, it worked yeah. out really, really nice. 
Did you guys do the mm-hmm. Star Wars ride? We did Star Tours. Yeah. Um, you can ride that one like a bunch of different times and get a bunch of different stories, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. We tried it one time and then we're like, oh, okay, next one. <laughs> no, yeah, because yeah. it, like, you know how it has that screen and like C3PO is like talking to you or whatever. When you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, they have multiple different things that you can go through. Oh, I wrote like it twice and I was like, this one's completely fucking different than the last one. <laughs> uh, cool. You know, like, and then just kept writing it. Yeah. I, I ended fun. up Googling it, but I don't remember how many different, uh, things there are. Yeah, because I thought I, mean, I had heard that they updated it for Force Awakens, and then we saw something that was like prequel era, and I was like, oh, well, maybe that's all they did then. Maybe they updated prequel stuff, and then we walked out a little bit disappointed, I think, but it was still a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, it was kind of like, it felt like a truncated version of what might have been a hole, you know? So I, I kind of thought that, okay, maybe there is more to it, but maybe just for tonight, they kind of clipped it down or something, you know? Mm, yeah. And, you know, it would have been my luck. I would have went in a second time and got the same one or something and been like, oh, I guess not, and not known anyways. Yeah. But um, the little talk show they gave was also very cool. Um, That was, uh, what's her name? That is uh, Hera on... Vanessa Marshall? Yes, Vanessa Marshall hosting with uh, Alan Tudyk and... John Knoll. The other guy, John Knoll, yes. And that was kind of cool because I, you know, I assumed it was going to be like a pre-recorded thing on a screen, and you went in, and it was actually like a live thing they had going on there, which was kind of neat. And they did it three times, so I, I, you know, I I don't know if they kind of rehearsed what they were going to say, or they did three unique shows. But yeah, I have a feeling it was probably the same thing. Like each time, it's like a twenty-minute talk show where they interview like John Knoll for ten minutes, and they interview Alan Tudyk for ten minutes, basically just talking about behind the scenes of Rogue One and stuff like that. Yeah, that, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I'll just try to maybe quickly just sort of summarize our weekend. So we get in there Thursday, we fly in Thursday morning, which is the first day of the show. By the time we get to the show, it's like eleven thirty noon somewhere around there. Um. As soon as we hit the show floor, it's just completely, you're overwhelmed with how much Star Wars stuff is out on the floor. And it's like, we're trying to go, like, beeline it to try to get a lay of the land. And between the two of us, every time we walk past something, it's like, oh, let's look at that. Let's take a picture. Let's look at that. Let's take a picture. And we just kept getting distracted as we're trying to get through the floor. We started hearing commotion. We finally get to about the middle of the floor, and there's a, they have a big screen just set up in the middle of the floor, which is where they were broadcasting the 40th anniversary panel, which we didn't get into the room for, but we got to watch the tail end of it on the floor, which was when like Harrison Ford came out and then they did the, the video tribute to Carrie Fisher, which was fantastic. And that's when Mike was talking about John Williams is they, apparently he was in the room and they just had him hidden behind a curtain. The curtain drops and John Williams is there with a full symphony orchestra and starts playing music to end the panel. Like that was fucking cool. We weren't even in the room and it was fucking cool. Yeah. Um, we sort of walked around like, we were talking about we had tickets for Mark to get autographs on Thursday. We had some time to kill. Mike started walking around. I was determined to get into the Celebration store to get, like, the exclusive merch and stuff that they sell there. And <clears throat> you you go over to the store, and it's, like, the signs for the store tell you two-hour wait to get oh my into God. the store. To get into the store. To get into the store. That's yeah. fucked up. So I was like, well, we got time to kill. I'll wait. I'll wait in line. I'll make it through before we have to go over to see Mark. Well, I waited about two hours. I might have got a little bit over halfway through the line, and I was like, nope, I got to go now, because we got to get an autograph. So that was two hours wasted. And 
so I start to go over to to where Mark is getting like signing and stuff like that, and his line is just completely backed up. The way we get our tickets for the autograph is they don't give you a time to be there. You print your ticket, it has a group number on there. So we were group C. You get over the autograph area, there's nothing telling you what groups they're calling. You ask people that work there, what group are they calling? I don't know, see that person. I don't know, see that person. It was really, really disorganized. So at that point, I'm like, well, I'm just going to stand in line because I don't want to miss our spot if they're calling our group. So I waited in line for like, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. And then uh, Mike was out walking around. He finally came back to meet me in line. He finally gets somebody that thinks they know what they're talking about. And they say, yeah, Group C is not being called today. It's like, well, we have tickets for today. What This is the last time he's signing. What do we do? And they're like, I don't know. Go see customer service. So it's like, what the fuck? So there's another hour wasted. We go to the customer service line, which they're sending everybody that has Group C to customer service. So customer service is backed up. It seems like there's only one person working the booth. So we're waiting in line for another hour before they come around and tell us what he was talking about earlier, that finally we're, they're just going to open up our tickets for the rest of the weekend. We can find another time that he's signing and just come back and they'll let us in. And don't, so, don't forget the, the point at which they told us that the other line that didn't say customer service on it was also for customer service. Oh, yeah. And that all these people standing in one really long line and there was a short line in the other one. And then like they waited... I don't know. We had to been in line at least a half an hour before somebody finally came over and said, you know, you guys can be in both lines. And it was definitely like one of those scenes from Office Space where we went in the shorter line and then our line didn't move, but the other line was moving. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, what the fuck? So, yeah, that was pretty much how we ended Thursday, which was about four or five hours of wasted time in lines, not getting anything to show for it. And at that point, like the we're getting close to the end of the show floor time. We knew we were going to try to stay over to get into the Last Jedi panel, so we went back to the hotel, gathered up our shit, came back. We got back to the convention center around 7.30, and the line is already wrapped around the back of the building to get in for this panel the next morning. So that's when we stood in line. As we're outside, the sprinklers come on. Yay, that was fun. Um, They filter us into the building. That's when we're a clusterfuck of people trying to go through security for bag checks and metal detectors and stuff because we're staying over inside the building. And that was probably another hour, hour and a half to get through that mess. Um, we get into the building. There's They have like the line set up where the, the metal bars and stuff filter everybody through. It's basically just like a big open aircraft hangar almost where they just filter us in the line. And once you're in line, that was where we were staying overnight. So we just started to hunker down, put our shit on the ground, lay down, try to get comfortable, which ended up being cold as hell in that freaking place like i i couldn't get comfortable to even try to sleep because it was cold but like you see other people that are real prepared like they're bringing inflatable rafts and stuff to sleep on and and literally mattresses that they were folding up and bringing out in line Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think we were waiting in line we were there trying to get some sleep and then somewhere around midnight we start hearing all kinds of commotion we still don't know what the hell's going on just a group of people like working their way through a line. And you finally start to see glimpses of Ryan Johnson in the middle of this crowd. He He's really short. So like he was hidden in this crowd. You couldn't even fucking see him. Yeah. There was a circle around him. Yeah. And he's got somebody with him on a megaphone trying to tell you like, listen, Ryan's trying to get to everybody. Just stay in your spot. He will come to you. Well, no, nobody's fucking listening. So there's still a crowd around him. So he finally makes his way through a line. He kind of hangs out at the end of the line over in an open area, still with a crowd around him. 
and then just a line starts forming to see him. So I guess they they finally start lining people up. Uh, Mike was still trying to sleep, but I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just, I'm in line. I might as well stand in another line. So I went and stood in the line for Ryan Johnson. (laughs) 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 Fucking exhibit over here. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you sleep in the other line to meet him? Did you sleep in that line? No. I, I stood up in that line for however long it took me to get him. Hour? Hour and a half? Uh, but I mean, he's, Ryan Johnson, to his credit, stuck around until three or four in the morning just to make sure everybody that was in line got to meet him. So I did get the chance to like shake his hand, talk to him for a couple seconds, and he signed my badge for Friday. And I got a picture with him, which was pretty cool. Um, and then after that, we just, again, tried to go to sleep. I think I might have got like two hours of sleep, something. I don't know. Mike, did you sleep at all when you were in line or were you up all night? Oh, no, I slept. Okay. It wasn't good sleep. I, you know, <laughs> I ruined the chair that I bought while I was oh, there so right. that I could sleep. And, but it was, you know, I'm not saying I got more than an hour at a time because it would be like an hour and then somebody would make a noise and I'd freaking wake up. But it was, you know, enough sleep that uh, by the time I woke up, I was in significant pain from sleeping in that shitty chair. But. <laughs> it wasn't any, anybody on the ground, let me tell you. I didn't think it would be. That's why I got the chair. Uh, so. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we finally get around to, I don't know, six in the morning, I think, when they were starting to hand out the wristbands to get into the panel, which is how they filter you in. Uh. So they everybody starts standing up. They start filtering through the line, pushing the line through, giving people wristbands. As we're getting to, like, <clears throat> we have, like, to go down the aisle and then, like, turn around and come back to where the wristbands are, we can start seeing them getting the other wristbands out, which was... Because they had the main room, and then they had two overflow rooms for the big panels. So they were handing out red wristbands for the, the main stage, and then blue for the second, like, the first overflow stage. So we see them getting the blue wristbands ready. So we're like, I don't know if we're going to get in. We finally come back around. They're giving us the blue. We're like, motherfucker. So we're already kind of jacked that we stayed overnight. We didn't even get in the main stage room. And then we thought about just going back to the hotel, trying to sleep, come back. And then as we're getting our wristbands, everyone is running out of line to circle back around to get in line again because they're queuing up for the room already. So it's like, well, shit, we're already here. We might as well just wait another two hours to get into the room. So we circled back around. We got into another line. And I don't know, ten thirty or something. I think they finally started letting us into the to the room, which we get in there, which was I guess where War, Warwick Davis was having his panels. So he was sort of there warming up the crowd for ten or fifteen minutes before the panel started. That was when Mike was saying he was going up and down the aisles, kind of just riffing on people, which was the greatest thing ever. Yes. Uh. So yeah, then we're inside. We're in the in the room for the panel, which was even watching it from like the live stream on a bigger screen was fine. Like you're still in a room with star Wars fans and that's the experience I really wanted. So even though we weren't in the room where all the, you know, guests and stuff were, uh, it was still just an amazing experience being in that room. Um, we walked out, we got our posters. Uh, at that point, Mike was just like, I can't fucking do it. I'm going to get a, going to get a nap. Cause we knew we had, uh, Galactic Nights at Disney that night, so we needed to be rested because we're going to be there until midnight. 
So he went back to take a nap, but I'm I'm walking out of that panel thinking I am fucking energized. I am excited. I can totally last all night. I'm gonna try to make it through the show store line again. So I queued myself back up in a three hour line to try to get into the the celebration store. I think I made it about an hour of standing there before I'm like, nope, I'm gonna pass out. I gotta go back to the room. So I went back to the hotel room, took a nap with Mike, uh, and then uh, wait, 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 wait. Separate beds. Not so okay. <laughs> yeah, you said that okay. a little bit uh, phrasing. Wrong there. Yeah, just phrasing. <laughs> hey, I mean, if we wanted to save money, we could have got one bed, but we we splurged for the two. Uh, Dumb decision. Dumb decision. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah. So then uh, we took a nap, rested, went to Disney, Hollywood Studios, and Galactic Nice. All that stuff was fucking cool. The stage shows they had, the parades they had, everything was awesome, and just. For comparison's sake, between what we experienced at Celebration with people not knowing where to go or what to tell you, when you go to Disney and everybody's on the same page telling you what to do, where to go, where you need to be, like, that was fantastic. So that sort of re-energized us, I think. Uh, so we were up late that night, we went back to the room, slept, tried to go to the show on Saturday, I think we finally got in about 10.30, um... At this point, we knew we weren't going to get to any panels. We would have liked to have gone to the Battlefront panel, but those wristbands were gone by the time we got in there. At Rebels this point, as well. Yeah, re- oh, that's right. Yeah, Rebels was early in the morning. Um, And at this point, we have an autograph for Mark Hamill, an autograph for Alan Tudyk, and a picture for, with Alan Tudyk that we paid for but haven't gotten yet. And at the rate that our autograph debacle had been going the first two days, we didn't know if this was even going to happen. Um. We got into, I think Alan was first. We got into Alan's line decently early, got about halfway through when we started, and that line went through fine. We got his autograph. We actually got to shake his hand and talk to him for a couple minutes. So that was cool. Um, then right after him, we tried to go right into Mark's line, and we thought they were going to give a shit because we still had tickets for Thursday. Like, we expected a fight of, like, well, your thing says Thursday because this is Saturday. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Um but like Mike said, they let us. They were letting Thursday and Friday people go in first, so we actually got in that line uh, near the beginning. Got through that one fairly quickly, but again, just a little disappointed that Mark wasn't talking to anybody, and we didn't even get a chance to really shake his hand or anything, so that kind of sucked. But uh, made it through there. I think we had maybe an hour before we, we sort of walked around and then tried to come back to the photo op booth for uh, Alan which was another clusterfuck. They just kind of like leave people in an on-call area and then call you up by group and who you're trying to get photo ops with to to stand in line. And sure enough, as we're there waiting in this on-call area, somebody in the line in front of us passes out or some shit. They had to get paramedics and freaking EMTs and stuff in there to get somebody out of the line on a stretcher, which pushed us back another 45 minutes. And that fucker. <laughs> I hope he what? died. That's what he deserves. I don't know. Just at that point, I think I'm you're like, saying have some fucking compassion, Brian. <laughs> at that point, <laughs> I'm on. really irritated with these lines, man. I can't take it. It sounds like that's ninety percent of what you guys did to stand in line. It was a lot of lines. It was. I've I was, heard like just yeah. talk about lines. Almost nothing that was fun. Well, that's the thing. Like, worthwhile. Yeah, I just I, line. I, I wasted another three hours trying to get to that store to buy some shit. That was how so I ended my Saturday. another two hours trying to get in the store. Yeah, we. I, I tried a third time getting into that store on Saturday. <laughs> after, did you make, it? Did you make it this time? I did. Third time was a charm? The show oh, floor, yes. The show floor yes. closes at 7. I got in there about 6.30. They were sold out. A lot of stuff was gone. Yeah, I oh, didn't really pick it. and choose what was in there. 
Did you get anything cool at least? I got Jar Jar getting a couple shirts. Um a lot of the shirts that I wanted, some of the designs obviously were sold out, like a lot of the fortieth anniversary stuff that I wanted, shirt wise. All all those were picked over. Um they did have which I didn't realize until I got in there, uh they had an on site screen printing press. So they had people working a thing, like if you just pick a shirt color, a design, and they print it for you right there. Oh, that's cool. So even though they had a lot of the 40th anniversary shirts sold out, they had a 40th anniversary logo that you could get screen, screen printed on a shirt. So I got one of those just so I had something. Um, so yeah, I walked out at least there feeling like I accomplished something and got some merch. I didn't really get anything from any of the booths that were out there because we weren't really even on the floor too often. Yeah, it was, no. it was, a, it was good and bad. We accomplished, I think, what we wanted to, what we set out to do, but not much more than that. And, it was a lot more frustrating, I think, than I expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, it, I I think I bought one thing from a booth, and that was uh, a pretty cool, like, uh, art print of the original trilogy that I intended to get Mark Hamill to sign on that first day. It was like, okay, I just plan on not bringing anything with me for him to sign, but picking up something cool with the show to get him to sign. So I pick that up, and then it doesn't happen on Thursday, so he doesn't sign that, and then we get the last Jedi thing, and I'm like, I have to have him sign this. It's, you know, like... It, it's honestly, to me, it's one of the coolest posters they've made for a Star Wars movie yet. Yeah. And kudos on whoever designed it. I don't know who did. Yeah, I think they announced but... it at the panel, but I don't remember the name either. You're welcome. <laughs> the last Jedi. Is that? Yeah. The. So yeah, I think that's a. Was so it red with? Yeah. Yeah, the red with Ray holding up the lightsaber with Big Luke and little uh, Kylo Ren on the right. Which you know I. No. Yeah, no, no that's it, the one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Luke and Kylo on either side of the lightsaber. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That does look pretty cool. I don't think I've seen that poster yet. Which, when they debuted that poster, I was like, oh shit, Hayden Christensen's in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> the first look at that. And it wasn't until they were handing out the posters that somebody said something about Kylo, and I was like, Kylo, he's not on the... Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, it, had... Seriously, like, honestly, on the screen, I don't know if it was just in our room or whatnot, but when they showed it, like, it was on, on a screen behind Ryan Johnson when they showed it, and we're looking at it on another screen... And it's kind of like, it wasn't, you know, the clearest image of it, and it definitely looked like Hayden Christensen at first. Well, they had Hayden as part of the 40th anniversary panel the day before. So everyone, of yeah. course, is assuming maybe he's going to be part of the next movie, because that's why they're bringing him back around to promote all this stuff again. So I guess I must have had that in my mind when they showed the poster, and I was like, oh shit, there he is! So that's a pretty cool poster because it it looks like she's holding up a blue lightsaber, but as you go up towards the top, it turns into a red lightsaber. Yeah, what does that mean? Yes. Fucking A, man. <laughs> I think that, the, I mean, the trailer touches on a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, that's probably as good a segue as any. Um, yeah, so that's our, our little summary of our celebration experience, good and bad, whatever, you know, a lot of people, I think... I feel like a lot of stuff I've read or, or heard other people talk about it, they're always talking about how good their experiences was. So that was our experience. I think we'd probably do it a little bit differently if we tried to go back and do it again. But for, yeah, for the first time, that's uh, that's what we got. But on to the trailer we uh, set out to talk about in the first place. Uh, for The Last so, Jedi. Thor looked real cool, I thought. Yeah, we're getting I there. I like the aesthetics. Slow, <laughs> slow your roll. 
uh, <laughs> as uh, as Ian sort of pointed out before we even started recording, every other time we start we cover a Star Wars trailer, we end up just covering it scene by scene. So it's probably just easier just to go with that plan and try to go scene by scene. So I did sort of try to take notes for scene by scene. So we're looking at uh, the way the trailer opens, which is it looks like it could be you know it's some sort of space with stars, but then it sort of fades in and transitions into some sort of rock formation. We get Ray's hand slapping down on the ground. Camera pans up to see her trying to catch her breath. Anything we want to dig into with that one? Right off the bat. <laughs> I My first impression of that was um, uh, coming from a cave, so I thought it might have been the experience that Luke had in, in Dagobah when Leota sent down to like face Vader and he chopped off his head and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's sort of, sort of where I was going with it, too. Kind of a similar yeah. thing. I agree. So she's probably getting another one of her Force visions that she gets in Force Awakens? Um, what, was it Let's a see, vision I, that Luke had in that cave in Dagobah? Well, I'm, I'm just comparing to what happened to her when she touched the lightsaber in Force Awakens. Like, something similar to that is where my mind is. Like I was thinking ways. more along the lines of what Andy was thinking, more like the hallucination type of thing. Okay. It's like because I mean, so uh, rich with the dark side that it it becomes almost real, so. right? Okay. Because we're like where they're at the the location that planet Luke was supposed to be finding what the first Jedi temple. Yes, yeah, I believe so. That's what he was after. Okay. So, like, are we? Do we think he found it? Is that what we think is on that planet, or you think he just found a temple? Because obviously, there's some sort of Jedi structure there. Yes. Um. I don't. I, I don't know whether to say he found that or that's what he was looking for, but he found something else. Right. Perhaps I, that would be where I would think it would go, but it's hard to say until we find out. I mean, part of the movie might be the continued search for the last temple for all we know. Okay. Or for the first temple, not the last temple. But uh, Ian, you got anything on this first scene? I think it was more like um, the whole thing with her vision. I, I think that was more of a Force vision, less of like a Luke Dagobah experience. Just because she seems to get those, and I think they really want to make it a different thing, because Otherwise, it's just going to be like how the, the like episode seven was basically just a new hope, and then if this is just basically empires, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Well, <laughs> if that's, if that's what they're doing. They're just going to hit the same beats with like updated characters and different visuals. Like I, I kind of want something new. I agree on wanting something new, but I mean, if you look at what we're getting out of this, she's going to be training to be a Jedi with Luke, the way he was training with Yoda. That part of it is going to parallel. It, you know, like... It, is I don't she think really there's any way around it. Training to be a Jedi, though? Maybe... I think he's... the scene with her and the lightsaber on the rocks, on the cliffs, kind of solidifies that. Yeah, but he says there are no, not going to be any more Jedi. The Jedi Order is that... He, he's, maybe he's training her to be Force-sensitive, but in a, like, the Jedi have, like, a certain set path. You know, you do this, you do that. You know, it's very structured. You know, maybe he's trying to break the Jedi mold, so he doesn't want to call them Jedi anymore. Yeah, do you want to, do we want to get into that now, or do you want to save that for when we get to that last shot of the trailer? 
Because I, I think yeah, that's probably where it. the meat of our, our discussion will probably end up. I'd say we save that rather okay. than get sidetracked. We will try to answer your question, Andy, but we'll get there in a little bit. So just hold that hold that thought. Okay. Um, anything else for, for the first shot? We'll just sort of try to go through the next couple. Nothing? All right. Uh, we get a couple shots of the island at the end of Force Awakens, which I don't know how to pronounce it. I had to look it up. Uh, Achato, I think is the name of the planet. Um, the location is Skellig Michael, I think in Ireland. So, that I mean, that place looks amazing. Um, we get a shot of Ray looking out over the water, which actually, to me, kind of reminds me of just looking like the camera behind Anakin Skywalker in Attack of the Clones when he's like on the... Uh, balcony for Padme's place. I don't know. The shot just kind of feels similar to me. Um, the next shot we get is Ray's hand on the ground where she starts to levitate pebbles. Sort of like Man of Steel-esque, I guess. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we start to get the voiceover over these last couple shots. We finally hear Luke speak, which is, you know, long awaited since he didn't say a damn thing in Force Awakens. Didn't he narrate one of those trailers, too? Uh, one of the Force Awakens trailers? Yeah. Uh, yes, he did. So maybe he doesn't speak in this either. He's just narrating trailers. <laughs> the time. Yeah, the only, ca- the only catch with the Force Awakens trailers is the dialogue that they use for that one isn't new dialogue. It's recycled old dialogue. This is so definitely, why did he get paid? This is definitely new dialogue. they pay him money? They the wanted his case. face. They They paid for his face. It doesn't cost that much for Mark Hamill. Probably know not. Mark Hamill's career now. <laughs> this is this is all he has, and some and some voiceover work, which doesn't pay much. <laughs> it does if you do enough of it. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's why he was sick. <laughs> could be, yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, Luke's voiceover starts where he says, "Breathe, just breathe. Now reach out. What do you see?" So this is where we see our first shot of, I think, Leia, right, from the back, looking at some sort of like, tactical yep. display. Um, Ray says the light, obviously referring to the good guys. Um, she says darkness as we get a shot of what I'm interpreting as Kylo's mask. I've seen a lot of people saying it might be Vader's, but I'm no, thinking it's it Kylo's. I think, yeah, but like the different metal type doesn't look like a Vader one. Like It definitely resembles Kylo's more. Like the, yeah, I saw the lightness I f- of it. I feel like I saw more of the chrome, like that was around yeah. his eyes, kind of. Yeah, that little like. So I'm really hoping he fixed Vader's mask, and that's what he wears now. <laughs> do you think he'll wear a mask? Like, do you think they'll give him another helmet, or you think he'll go helmetless? I think he'll go helmetless. Um, my guess is that he got pissed off that he lost to someone who's untrained <laughs> as a Jedi, and out of rage, smashed it. Yeah. I can that's see not, that. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds in character. Um, just, helmets are real important to the Sith. I just can't imagine him not getting a new one. Except he's not a Sith. They've made it a the, point. Okay. They've made yeah. it a point to emphasize <laughs> okay. that him and Snoke are not yeah. Sith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and there's no more Jedi. I got you. Yeah. 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 That could be coming too. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll keep up this lie that there's they're not Sith. Gotcha. Got you. <laughs> Uh, all right, so the next shot we get is, I think, one that I feel like is confusing everyone, and it's one Mike might have some insight on, but I don't know if we want him to elaborate can, on that. Can we go back to the Leia shot real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I watched that Easter egg thing, and I didn't realize it when it happened, but you can actually hear Carrie Fisher saying, help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope, in the background of that. Okay. Yeah, there's certain there are certain, like, really Underlay. low dialogue that I was trying to hear, and I couldn't hear it well enough to decipher what they were saying, so I didn't make notes of any of that stuff. Because I think it happens a couple other times. There's There's yep. some sort of underlying dialogue. Yep. There's the Vader breathing when you see Kylo Ren's helmet destroyed. Okay. Which is probably why some people assumed it was Vader's helmet. And then um, a couple other, I think there are a couple other times. Yeah, I feel like there's one. There's one where Ben Kenobi says Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. And then there's one where Yoda says, you know, the. Um, White beings that we are, or what? What is it? What's he saying when he says it? It surrounds us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not this crude matter, right? That, that okay. Line. Yeah, I, 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 I can't for the life of me remember where else I heard the the underlying dialogue that I couldn't make out. So I, I can't tell you which scenes might go with which saying you were talking about. Was it when that stuff was on fire? I assume they had it there. The stuff was on fire. Yeah, I, I feel like that could work. I'd have to like actually listen, try listening to the trailer again when it's playing. Um, but yeah, the next shot after what we think is Kylo's mask, we get. I think a lot of people are thinking it's like they're looking at books or something. It it seems like it might be like in a tree. Mike, I don't know how much you want to elaborate on if if you stumbled upon something you you didn't want to. Uh, how much do you want me to elaborate? Uh. I, I don't want any spoilers, <laughs> obviously. What what did you stumble on? Uh, it was a while ago. It was a script leak. And it applies to that part of the trailer in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to try and do this without being spoilery. Um, Appreciate that. <laughs> it is a tree. That's and that's all. about all I can say. <laughs> How tall is this tree? <laughs> I don't know. It looked like they were in the roots. So, because basically like the, the shot kind of looked like they were in the tree. When we saw the trailer in the room, there was a guy like catty corner in front of me who lost his shit when that shot came up. Big and, Ewok guy. And yeah. after the tra- <laughs> after the trailer, Mike even turned to me and said, that, "Yeah, well, I think when they played it again." Because they played the trailer a second time. I think that was when Mike was telling me, like, hey, remember that script leak that I told you I found? Yeah, that shot confirms some of the stuff I read in that script leak. And that's when I was like, don't tell me. I don't I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. And trust me when I tell you right now, hey, uh, I wish it wasn't true. And that's as far as I'll go. So how many Ewoks die in this movie, Mike? <laughs> all of them. Damn it! <laughs> They're all gone. Ian's betting hard on Ewoks. First the Pothans and now the Ewoks. This is sad. <laughs> I wonder, did, Brian, did you read The Shattered Empire? Uh, yes. Did, didn't Luke try and save a couple of Jedi temple trees? Yes, he did. I wonder if maybe that has some. Maybe it's one of those. It could be. I, well, yeah, because we don't know. Because he saved two. <laughs> One Luke took, and the second one went to Poe Dameron's parents. Poe Dameron's parents, yeah. So that's the only did, thing I know about trees in Star Wars. Because so. the comic shows the the one of the trees in like planted in the yard where Poe Poe's parents sort of 
call home, but we don't know what Luke did with the other one. Like, the comics never explain that, so that could be something. Mike, you um, do not have to yay or nay if you don't want to, if you think it's too spoilery. I was shaking my head one way or the other, and uh, I'm not going to tell you whether I was shaking it yes or not. I think Ian's the only one that noticed. Okay, yeah, I wasn't looking at the <laughs> at the camera. <laughs> so, um, that's all I'll tell you. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so I guess if anybody if anybody wants Mike to elaborate and wants spoilers, hit him up on Facebook and see. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. You know what? Send me a Facebook message. If you, you just send me a Facebook message, say I'm a fan of the show, and I will send you something that you know may either make or ruin Star Wars for you forever. <laughs> can, do you think you can easily find that script leak again, or do you think it's just taken offline and hidden somewhere? I haven't tried. I'm just thinking so if somebody I, asked you for, like, source material and they want to read what you read. <clears throat> if what I read is true, and having seen that, it sure as shit seems like it's true, um, I really don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Yikes. I, oh, it, it's... It, to me, it's a midichlorians level yikes. So... Okay. Uh, the Wookiees. Do you I get think it. that the, the leaked script is a gigantic troll? I mean, I guess we'll never know until the movie comes out, right? Because at the same time, like, if Disney starts taking all this shit offline, you figure that would confirm, like, oh, this must be real because they're trying to get rid of it. Yeah, but if they just blanket do it to everything, then, you know. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I hope it's a troll. <laughs> okay. Um, because it it would. It, 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 mm, I don't. I. Mm. Yeah, if you're skeptical of what you can and can't say, then we'll just leave it at that. <sighs> like, it, I, yeah, it, you, you're just, you're just gonna have to wait and hope that it was a troll and that you're not disappointed by it. It's something we can elaborate on after the movie comes out and after we see it and we can freely talk about this stuff. You can you can tell us how closely the script leak that you read is to the movie. I'm just happy George Lucas is apparently still involved then. Where do you get that from? Oh, uh, we got midichlorian Ewoks? I mean, come on. <laughs> George Lucas's influence. <laughs> did you read the same uh, script leak that he did? No, no, no I did not. My... <laughs> My focus on the Ewok meeting habits. <laughs> uh, Alright, so after that tree, we get the shot of a gem- Jedi symbol and what looks like a really old book with somebody sort of looking over it uh, with Ray's voiceover saying the balance. And at this point we get Luke saying, I think he says it's so much bigger. Referring yeah. to, to the Force being so much bigger. And then it's when we get the shot that pans around the mountain and we see Ray swing the lightsaber with what I think is Luke behind her up on the mountain watching, which if you watch the reaction video I put up or, or any, most of the reaction videos that were in the room watching the trailer, that seems to be the part when everybody loses their shit in the trailer. Like fan reaction for that part is, is incredible. Um, and then after that, we start getting a little bit more rapid fire of the scenes. We get some sort of shot of a new ship, like skimming across the ground, kicking up like some red dust. Um, 
originally I kind of thought this was some sort of race because you see them all in line just skimming across the ground. But that first shot when that ship drops in over the top of the camera, in the distance, it looks like there's AT-ATs out there. Yep. So, yeah. It looks like it's going to be like... Which, again, could lend to like Ian's comparisons to Empire Strikes Back. That could be like your Hoth battle, but like on a desert planet this time. Real original. <laughs> so after that, we get a shot of Finn, who I guess that means he's alive in some sort of medical capsule, I'm guessing. I, I still don't fucking get that, how he's alive. I think it's dumb. It's worse than Metachlorians and Jar Jar. Bactic can cure dead. so many things. His sign, his spine had to have been <laughs> severed. He's dead. It, it, yeah, he dead when he point. hit before he hit the ground. Back to <laughs> can't bring you back to life. I'm sure they'll they'll talk about some sort of medical miracle. He better be a robot now. <laughs> <laughs> would you be satisfied with a robotic spine? I mean, personally, I would not want a robotic spine, but I think I would be okay if that's the reasoning he's alive. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and see if you're right. Uh, next shot we got Poe and BB-8 running through the hangar, where it looks like Poe's X-Wing gets destroyed again. He's just due to lose an X-Wing, I guess, in every one of these movies. He's great with the X-Wing when he's in it, he just doesn't know how to keep it safe when he's not. <laughs> Good point. Uh, we get our hero shot of the Falcon, flying away from some TIE Fighters, which always looks fucking cool. Uh, Ray sprinting with the lightsaber... Uh, next shot, Kylo Ren, again, helmetless, pointing his lightsaber, which, two, couple things in this shot. One, has anybody heard about this whole scar controversy that has come up in the last couple weeks? He has a scar in that shot. Right, but they it's in a different it. spot. Really? Then when he gets it in, uh... At the end of Force Awakens, Awakens, it's like, comes down from the middle of his forehead, down his nose, like the side of his nose, and then across his cheek. In in the shot in the trailer, it's just over his eye. So there's people like, you know, what the fuck happened to his scar? Why is it in a different place? Um, Ryan Johnson has actually come out and said, listen, I moved it. It's a creative difference that I took because it looked goofy as hell down the bridge of his nose. So there's there's a behind-the-scenes explanation for it being in a different spot, but people are, like, losing their shit over it being in a different spot. Yeah, I think I'd probably would have preferred it the way it had happened to him, but, I mean, hey. Are they going to re-edit The Force Awakens so he doesn't get cut there? Now it's over his eye. <laughs> the Force Awakens special edition. I'm excited. I'm hoping <laughs> they, I mean, because otherwise people are going to bitch forever if they don't edit it. Yeah, there's always something for people to nitpick about. I guess it's just another one of those things. I mean, it's the same thing with Game of Thrones with, like, uh, the dwarf and his scars. Like, how they yep. changed it for the TV show. Yep. There you go. See, there's always Scargate. It's fucking real, dude. I thought we were talking Lion King, personally. I'm a little <laughs> confused about it. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, is anyone surprised that Kylo looks like he has the same exact lightsaber from Force Awakens? Because I was under the impression that Rey sliced it in half at the end of their fight. It always kind of looked like junk. Like, not a perfect, well-maintained lightsaber, so I wouldn't be surprised if he jury-rigged it back together. Okay, fair enough. And then, you know, um, his dad's pretty good with, like, mechanical stuff sometimes, so I figure he could be, too. Okay, I see what you're saying. 
At first, I thought you were going to say his dad helped him put it together, but I was like, wait a minute, his dad's dead. <laughs> well, his force his, ghost. His, grand, his grandfather was exceptionally good at mechanical stuff, so. Also true. He built Help these C-3PO. two robots. Yeah. They're in every movie. He didn't build R2. No, he built this little robot inside of 3PO. The it l- fixes the 3PO. <laughs> like a mini me 3PO. Yeah. You guys <laughs> never seen that? <laughs> I must have missed that detail somewhere. Rewatch the first one. I, I guess I have to now. I'll have to watch, rewatch the Force Awakens because I can't remember what happens to, to Kylo's saber. Honestly, at, at the battle, the same killing blow I feel like that she takes on him to give him the scar. I either it's either a stroke right before or that same stroke that I feel like she cuts his lightsaber in half. I, I you sure she doesn't more, just disable yeah. it? I mean, dis- if you disable something with a lightsaber, it's got to be cut, right? Yeah, but not, like, completely ir- irreparable. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe not. I mean, shit, we've seen lightsabers, like, dual lightsabers cut in half, and then you just use, like, one half of it still. True, yeah. I don't get how that fucking works, that's <laughs> happened. <laughs> well, there's two crystals in a dual lightsaber, so... But, like, the bottom's empty now, right? So, like, what's going on down there with a the cut half, you know? I would... S- uh... I would assume that <clears throat> the double-sided lightsabers are essentially two put together, and if you cut through one, then the other side's still going to be functional because you you'd have to cut it like part right. It. I guess you'd have to cut it like more on one or the other side, and not right. Like, you right would, you'd be disabling just one side and not the other side, unless you were you know deadly accurate and went you know complete center intentionally. But then you would have, then both lightsabers might still function. Or you would have, yeah, or you would damage it enough they wouldn't work. I guess we're going to have to talk to George about this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's some fucking accuracy right there. Is uh, Ian, is George Lucas your close personal friend, too? Can you get him on the horn? No, he, he does not return our calls. <laughs> Me and Zach have been trying. We got a good movie to pitch him. <laughs> Superman with a lightsaber? Oh, no, it's about mermaids. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's this art house project me and Zach have been trying to get made for a couple years. Alright, I don't I don't even want to know what a Zack Snyder mermaid movie would look like. It's like 300, but like, a lot more heart. <laughs> I don't think Zack Snyder can do a movie with heart. It's basically a shot-for-shot remake of 300, but it's mermaids, and they're all girls. <laughs> I guess what that I could see. the hell? <laughs> that sounds more like Zack Snyder's style. Yeah, it's all underwater. We used Cameron's sub. Well, that's the plan. <laughs> Alright, uh... So, yeah, do we make a ruling on the lightsaber? We think it's rebuilt, brand new? I don't think it's, like, brand new. I think he doesn't rebuilt but the damaged one. Okay. It's got to be the same one. Yeah, I'm I'm just assuming he repaired it, you know. Cuz I was Sounds always, right. I wasn't sure what they do if if you know, hypothetically his lightsaber gets destroyed in Force Awakens if they'd give him another cross guard because that has now become so iconic for him or if they just give him a red-bladed lightsaber and kind of be done with it, but I guess like they kept story the wise or like behind the scenes like technically. I I mean, I guess either way. I wasn't sure I some, what I they do in the sequel. I just don't think he could find another one that's, like, cross-bladed, so I think that's why it's the same one. Okay. But if he were to, someone just were to give him one, 
than it'd be a normal, like, you know, lightsaber up off the hilt. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I guess, you know, behind the scenes, too, you figure the cross guard is probably, you know, tied to and associated with Kylo Ren now. So if you have Kylo Ren, you almost need that iconic lightsaber for him. Yeah. So I could see that being the choice, too. Plus, I think it helps cells to have, like, unique-looking lightsabers that are more than just a hilt difference. Yeah. To actually have something different about it. Like, that's why I think Darth Maul was so popular. Yeah, good point. And because still maybe, you know, the best lightsaber fight in all of Star Wars. I don't know. When uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader had that fight, and they were just like, ooh, ooh, that was real intense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, I I think the next thing you're going to see is, like, the double-sided... Cross guard. <laughs> you imagine? Cross guard on both sides. That's just that. That sounds dangerous for anybody. <laughs> it, does it also like have fire come out, or is it also a guitar? Because I'm sold. <laughs> the both Mad Max of awesome. Fury Road of lightsabers. I would yes. fucking buy that. <laughs> Absolutely. Why? You know, there there should be more lightsaber themed guitars. <laughs> that's real true. That's a. Or more guitar-themed lightsabers. Let's be honest. <laughs> I think one works more than the other. I don't know about that. <laughs> the Rad Rocker Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, you know, you, you, playing guitar, you pop the whammy bar and zoom right up the, you know. I can tell you Stage shows become very much more interesting with all that stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next shot we got, uh, we get a shot of a burning building, which I'm guessing is some sort of temple. With we got R two and a hooded figure in the foreground, which yeah, that looks like um, Ray's vision from Force Awakens when she sees Luke put his hand on R two. That's what I was thinking too. Perspective. So maybe we'll get like a full. Um, uh, scene from that, you know, from Luke's perspective. Yeah, the whole flashback of the temple getting ruined and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like the the betrayal of um, Kylo Ren. See, I'm hoping it's from Kylo's perspective. I think that'll look cool. Oh, that would be cool too. I never thought of that. I think that's more likely actually than Luke's perspective because I feel like they're gonna go that helping you understand. Kylo route. I really hope they do kind of flesh him out a little bit more. That would be cool. Well, I definitely think like what the, what what his motivations are. I I definitely think, yeah. and we may have talked about it in the past. I think this movie is going to focus on Ray and Kylo, each of them going through different types of training. So it's gonna they're gonna like mirror each other. So you think Ky- I you don't think it'll be like Kylo's past training and her current training? You'll think it'll be current Kylo training. Yeah, because well, they leave Force Awakens he, with Snoke telling him, "Bring him to Kylo Ren. Bring me Kylo Ren. I want to complete his training." Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're gonna get, you know, the back and forth of both of them training. The meet at like the middle of the movie, second act of the movie is gonna be all that, and then the third act play. will eventually lead to their fight. If I have the tiger's gonna play, I hope so. <laughs> Straight up '80s training montage, like it needs like to John happen. I, I the tiger plays, <laughs> and. You know, Carl Weathers shows up and runs on the beach with Ray in short shorts. <laughs> they hug it out at the end. It's kind of awkward, but it, it's okay. Slow motion <laughs> high five. Yeah. Be great. 
Because I think like I would really enjoy if they show a lot of Kylo's past training just to show how Luke failed him constantly throughout. I mean, if they flesh out this scene, adapt. yeah, they could do that. And that could work really well. Uh, anything else to add for Burning Temple? I'm really hoping we get to see some younglings die again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see how dark they go with it. You may get your wish. Uh, next shot we get is what I'm thinking is Captain Phasma leading some troops. So we get confirmation that she's still alive. Why is she in charge of anyone? (laughs) She lasted, what, five seconds? Yeah, she didn't get too much to do in the, in Force Awakens. She got put into a trash compactor, yeah. Which, they announced this at Celebration. If you want to know how she got out of the trash compactor, there will be a five issue comic book coming before Last Jedi to explain how she got out of there. I hope the first oh. four issues are just her sitting in there crying about how <laughs> shitty she is at her job. Is the uh, oh, comic yeah. gonna be called Captain Phasma? Yeah, it's just straight. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's just Phasma or Captain Phasma, but yeah, it's something straight. It's about her. Yeah, I hope it's Captain, Captain Phasma. Phasma the new Crusaders. I was I was gonna say the new Toxic Avenger. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's better than mine. <laughs> uh, she's actually getting a tie-in novel too. So I don't know what the novel focuses on, if it's more just set up for Last Jedi or, or if it's another story of how she got out of the trash compactor, but... I'm pretty sure it's uh, 150 pages of her crying about how she got locked in the trash compactor <laughs> with <a> garbage man. <laughs> I hope that is elaborated on. I wouldn't. I want to see more about that. Probably got to eat nail clippings to survive. Back to the... No. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> the, the next shot we get is uh, shots of some sort of big space battle going on. There's really isn't too much I don't think to dig into there other than different ships fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. it w- I th- I thought it was weird that they looked like they actually had a line. Yeah. of ships instead of like I don't know the the battle with the um the last death star and the return of the Jedi just seemed like the all of them were just kind of like there, you know. This one looks like it's more structured like okay, let's build like a uh a stockade. Or well, it's almost know, like, like they line. set them up like a naval battle. Yeah. Which works when you're on the water, but when you're in space, there's fucking four dimensions. Go around. Like yeah. that, that's what never, it's like they put one ship in front of a planet and it's like, oh no, the planet's blockaded. Go to the other fucking side of the planet. Like, it doesn't make sense <laughs> well, to me. I think that was like the point they made in the Family Guy episode for when they did the Empire Strikes Back with Family Guy. And, you know, it was like, and we're going to fly off, and we're going to shoot. We're going to disable them with the cannon. And we're going to go right that way. And you know, a guy raises his hand and is kind of like, um, "So, with literally an infinite number of directions to leave this planet into space, we're going in the one direction that they have ships." <laughs> right. Yes. Can we talk to someone else? You know, <laughs> a man perhaps. And <laughs> it, it it just it rings true because it's like see, see, that's one of the problems I the. the I don't understand with Empire. It's like the only problem I can find with that movie where I'm like, oh, geez, what the fuck was that about? Because it's infinite. Yeah. There's an if infinite you, number of angles to leave a planet. The, faster than the speed of light, travel that fast in the other direction, and then turn around and go around them. Oh, but yeah. Brian, you're forgetting about the hyperspace routes. There's only so many known ones, and you have to take those routes to survive in space. Unless you're Han Solo and lands that at, is true, a, actually. You know, lands on a planet at light speed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those that was a risk. What was their chance of survival? 
100% because they survived. That's after the fact. Like, we're talking before the fact. <laughs> well, ask 3PO, and he'll give you the chances of survival, okay? Never well, tell hi. me the odds. <laughs> well, not, that's K2. That's not that's not 3PO. But... So if they're, like, protecting something, it makes sense to put all your ships in the same place. Yeah, that's what... The only thing I can think of is, like, the Rebels are trying to... or the Sorry, the Resistance, I guess. Because it looked What's like the rebels just say <laughs> <laughs> what well, looked like at least from just ship design. I feel like that was good guy ships looking like they're blockading a planet or trying to shield a planet. As far as I can tell from the couple shots, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, it, it's just again quick shots of some sort of space battle. It's hard to get context out of that, so we're not quite sure where to go with that. It looked rather massive, so I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't really get a big. Like the like the spaceship like X wing Tie Fighter battle was all on the planet's surface in Force right. Awakens, so and it was badass. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. this one looks like it's just gonna be like a fucking gigantic war. It's gonna be great. Right now, honestly, I think the space battle for me that is the one to beat is the one out of Rogue One. I think that space battle in Rogue One is fucking top notch. But it oh, when they're the trying song. to like. Uh, Disable the uh, the shield around the planet and stuff. Yeah, that yeah. one's pretty badass. Like Return of the Jedi is is definitely right there at number two. But yeah, I don't know something about just the way that that Rogue One scene is shot Ooh. and all the the chaos and stuff that goes around there. I think is really fucking cool. I was gonna. I mean, the the thing with it, Rogue One as well was that you had the battle going on there at the same time as you had guys in starships battling on the planet surface. Yeah. With AT-ATs, with all that going on, and then back up into space for more battle in space, and then back down, and it just, it worked. It, they did it really well, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that scene, for sure. Uh, Alright, I think that brings us to the last shot, which we held off Andy on, which is Luke at the mouth of a cave saying it's time for the Jedi to end. So, this is what we want to get into. What do we think he means by that? Andy, you started this sort of line of thought before, and I stopped you. Do you remember where you were going? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I fucked you up then. Uh, do, do you remember what I was saying? Maybe I can... I feel like you are about to ask a question. Yeah, I think you, you were trying to decide if he was putting the end to Jedi, to the end yeah, of the all, like, yeah, all the Jedi, or how he's training people, or... I remember saying that he that you know like the Jedi are very structured, like you you do things a very strict and, and specific way. So uh, maybe what happened was he did find the first Jedi temple and reading these balanced texts. Maybe the Jedi temple was or the Jedi order was actually hiding things about the Force. Okay. You know what I mean? So maybe he discovers that, you know, what he learned as a Jedi and what, like, Yoda and, like, everyone was teaching is actually a little bit wrong. So he wants to kind of recreate uh, his own order, which I don't know what the fuck you would call it, but, you know. Yeah. It's, I think, the new order. I think your, your line of thinking is sort of falling in line sort of where I'm thinking. And Ian and I were kind of texting back and forth last week about this. He had one side and I had another, so we'll see if he can chime in too. Um, I was kind of thinking that the, it's the same reason I sort of brought up earlier that they're not calling Kylo Ren and Snoke Sith. Sith are one end of the spectrum of force users and Jedi are the other. 
I feel like they're avoiding the word Sith with those two, and maybe they're going to get rid of Jedi for the good guys because they're looking for sort of like a gray area of Force users and not just black and white as the Jedi and Sith are. Kind so, of like uh, Mace flirted with right. the dark side. Yeah. Lightsaber techniques. Yeah, that's in all the couple reference materials and stuff, the way he tapped into the Force to fight, that he he dabbled on the dark side a little bit. So yeah, they could... I feel like that's where they're hinting it going. So the last Jedi is basically the like the last of this old order, and then Luke is trying like training Rey to be the first of this new type of generation of Jedi that has a different understanding of the Force that maybe can tap into both sides at will, or or find a way to 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 balance that a little bit better. The only thing that sort of holds me up with that reasoning is that I feel like it goes against everything George Lucas set up in this universe is that he was very adamant of good versus evil. And there's there's not really a middle ground for him, so I don't I don't know if they would really go against what he was trying to set up to establish this universe. But then again, if he doesn't have any creative control over this anymore, they just might not care. Well, I mean, isn't Anakin Skywalker the epitome of walking the line? I don't think he walked the line because he was good and he went bad. And then he came back to good. There wasn't really, like, he didn't... When he's Darth Vader, he's not dabbling in the light side. He is a bad was guy. Ever, was he ever really good, though? Or was it, was, am I just tainted by his angst? Yeah, I think it's more of that. Like, even when he's Anakin Skywalker, I still consider him a good force, like a Jedi, a good force user. Because he's always got those dark side traits about, like, the pride and being headstrong and stuff. The whole time that he's not, like, a small child. Yeah... Unless, I mean, unless they're just trying to set up, like, you know he's destined to fall, so they need to give you hints of him going that way. But that's all he was once he wasn't a small child. Very prideful, confident in his abilities. Yeah. Thought he was being held back by his masters and mentors. Okay. I see Kind of thought the rules didn't apply to him so he could fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. All right, can I offer a different perspective here? Yeah, go for Slightly. it. Um, is it possible that Luke has discovered in some way, shape, or form that the true meaning of being a Force user, the true meaning of the Force itself, was to find balance within one person? And that balance is not solely on the light side, but light and dark at the same time. So are you saying what a different way to train with the force or use the force? I'm I'm slightly confused. I'm saying I'm saying that it, the the true purpose of the force was to find balance of both light and dark, not to simply be light side of the force or simply be dark side of the force. It's kind of that you know they all. It's always been talked about in the in Star Wars that you're looking for the balance in the Force. Where is the balance? And the Jedi believe that balance is with no Sith around. And the Sith believe that it's with no Jedi around. And so the are you, true balance is that Force users use both light and dark. So are you, are you talking about the way a certain person uses the Force, as in they can use both the light side and dark? Or are you talking about there should be a number of good guys that should equal the number of bad guys? To have balance. He's talking, about, he's talking about one person. Like I'm talking Ray. about within each individual force user. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Ray would be a balance. Ray would be like half Sith and half Jedi, if you want to put 
those labels on them. Right, which sort of yeah. falls in line with the Grey Jedi sort of Force philosophy that I was trying to get at. Right, I'm I'm just saying that it that Luke discovers that's the actual meaning of the Force. That's the purpose of the Force. Okay. Not to be separated into two entities of Jedi and Sith, but to exist as one, and that all of the powers accessible to both should be accessible to one. Yeah, so it's it's pretty it's it's kind of yin yang. Yeah. Um, Ian, do you? Do you I think I feel like you had a slightly different perspective, didn't you? Yeah, I, I think more he's talking about ending the Jedi because he realizes that with having Force users, they're always going to be led to the dark side and indulge in it, and the Force is an inherently negative nature, and that you're better off with no Force users, no one with real Force potential being around and being the end of Force users, and that's what he's setting up for by having Rey battle Kylo, getting rid of the last generation of Force users. Because uh, I don't like, think like you can listen. really, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, well, I mean, you can maybe say like you're just born with it, but at this point, we know of like three people that can use the Force, really, like actively use it, and without someone teaching you, you never really get like that great of a hand on it. So you're saying there there could be other Force users, they just wouldn't be trained and learn how to use it, so that really so they doesn't would just count. Kind of like. I forget the guy's name, like the guy from Rogue One that's like the Force sensitive, and he just kind of seems like he has good luck almost, and that's more what you would see. Okay. People that just adapt with, but don't actively use it. I got you. Okay. Is what they're heading towards, just because of how corrupting it is as a power source. Like, what do you guys no think? Proper way to chain someone because they'll always end up corrupt. Hmm. What do you guys think of that theory? I can oh, see how Luke would feel that way. Yeah, yeah. lots of people have died because of it that he knows personally and are related to. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I can see that. And, like, him being on that island and grieving would definitely point him into that line of thinking. Yeah, the Force has brought him basically nothing but pain since he's learned about it. Very true. Yeah, if he's just up there by himself just thinking... You know, stuck with his own thoughts about, like, what do I do? If, you know, again, if he sort of is the last of the Jedi out there, yeah, I could see him coming to that decision. I think that's where I, when I was talking with Brian about it, we came with the disagreement. He thinks it's going to be the start of a new era, and I think it's going to be the end of, the end of, like, a reign of Jedi or Force users in general. Right, right, okay. Hmm. So, let me ask Mike and Andy, you guys think, that the Jedi will be done and this is the end of Force users? Or do you think we'll get, like, another generation of Force users that maybe just learn different techniques? Well, I think the Jedi are definitely done. But as far as the Force users, I think to progress the story, they sort of need them. Yes. Okay. Um, Star Wars has been about the Force since the beginning, and Disney is not jumping off this gravy train. Um at the end of episode 9. They may take a short break again, but episode 10, I'm sure, will be coming. Um, it's a matter of... Do the... You know, next set of episodes they go to end up with new Force users discovering, say, ancient holocrons. 
um, and learning the Force that way, or are they like Ray and untrained, but have heard and heard about the legends, read about them, and she manages to figure out how to use the Jedi mind trick without any prior knowledge of its existence, as far as we know. So she must have heard about it through legend and known that she could try it after an encounter that kind of exposed her to the Force. And so she does, and it works. And who's to say that that's not how the next generation of Force users begins? Is the same kind of way that Ray did. Just sort of stumbling upon it. Yes. That's that's what she did. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, and more sort of, Mike, what you brought up about Disney wanting to make money. I feel like if they want to dabble in movies that don't have to deal with the Force or Jedi or anything, that's what these standalones are for. Mm-hmm. If, they, yeah. if they want to yeah. keep the Force going and, you know, anything with a lightsaber is bound to make money. It's like, that's yeah. going to stick to your episode movies. Well, I mean, we've seen, I guess, assuming um, John Boyega is in a Jedi, we he can apparently use one without training in anything and be fine. Well, true. Just pick it up and just start swinging it like a baseball bat yeah, and I hope, mean, you, hope had, you get somebody. Ray's Force-sensitive, but she had zero training and she beat a uh, dark, dark Force user, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Knight of Ren? I, I can't... What what is his title? The leader of the Knights of Ren is that what? It's yeah, it's about the only thing we have to go on. Is he even yeah. like the leader? Is he like the sub commander of his own knights? <laughs> <laughs> He's just a lackey for somebody else in the Knights of Ren. <laughs> He's not Lancelot. He's Gawain. <laughs> I do want to know if they're named after him or he's named after like the knights. Yeah, I was always curious about that too. I assumed they were named after him, that they were his knights, that he named himself Kylo Ren, and he took on these knights, and they became the Knights of Ren, because of him. I like that. that was my assumption. Yeah, I but... mean, yeah, it's, it's fine too, but I, I guess I'm really liking the whole that maybe Kylo's just being manipulated along, and that he got named because they gave him some knights that happened to be called <laughs> the Knights of Ren. But yours is definitely more likely, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, just sort of like we'll spin off some theories here and see if what we want to try to predict for this movie. Uh, I, th- you know, Ian sort of brought it up already a couple times. Do we think that this could end up being a slight remake of Empire Strikes Back? When all said and done, probably. And do you think, I mean, do you think that'd be a bad thing? Because really, like, if you're remaking a Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back isn't a bad one to pick. It's a lot of people's favorites. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of hoping they, they, I, this is the movie, I think, where they can finally have the freedom to do something different. Like, I think Force Awakens did what it needed to do. It needed to sort of refresh our interest in Star Wars, try to, not sort of rewrite, but redeem Star Wars after the prequels, which following the template of A New Hope is probably the best way to do that. So now that they've sort of brought everybody back into the fold, now I feel like they can start telling original stories. So I'm I'm hoping it goes that way. But again, if if they do end up hitting the beats of Empire Strikes Back, I don't think that would be a bad thing for me. I think I'd totally be fine with that. If they do it, because I, I mean, I, I, 
if you look back, Phantom Menace follows a very similar plot to A New Hope and The Force Awakens. It's, you know, a lot of recycled material in there as well. And they had their chance with Attack of the Clones to go the same route as Empire. Empire. And they fumbled the shit out of that one, so. True. You know, I'm, I'm, but, you know, they're on a better path already because Force Awakens was not anything like The Phantom Menace, so. Also true. I mean, it's still recycled material, but not, it wasn't shit, it was good, so, you know. But I think Attack of the Clones was, like, the best of the prequel movies, so if that's the pivot, I'm fine with that, because at least it's the highest quality of that. Wait, is that just, is that your personal opinion? Is that... Yeah, that's why why I said it. Okay. That's why I said it was my favorite. I tend to think Revenge of the Sith is my favorite. I tend to think Revenge of the Sith is far and beyond the other two. The, just the battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan itself, and the music in the background, is just incredible. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I will give the lightsaber battles to the prequels. I mean, yeah, you know, Darth Maul versus Anakin, or, uh, Obi-Wan and um, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon is pretty fucking good. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yoda and Dooku was fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was pretty badass. Because at first badass. it was Obi-Wan and Anakin against Dooku, and then Yoda against Dooku. That was fun. They they hit their lightsaber battles very well. Yeah, it was just the rest then, of the, you know. I think yeah, a lot of that was just Revenge of the, the Sith. Budget. We even get uh, Yoda versus Emperor, which is pretty badass. Yes. You get Mace Windu versus the Emperor, which is also and, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it, it wasn't as good as the others. But I was, was gonna cool. say that's still the weakest fight out of all of them in the prequels. I think is Sidious versus Mace Windu. Ah, he fucks up. He, those first he had him on the ropes. Really. He had him. <laughs> Yeah, he, Sidious take those other four Jedi that show up with Mace are such fucking, they're worthless. Yeah, I mean you got Kit Fisto in there. I know. I, I don't know about the other ones. I can't remember who else was in there that gets killed. I mean, Shock T might have been in there. Uh, no, I don't think it was Shock T. I, I know I, Kit Fisto was, and the, the other ones I'm not sure because Kit Fisto remains. Asian, he's like the last one left. Asian yeah, he's the Polar? guy with the, the, that... the green with the with the dreads, kind of. Yeah. They used yeah. another names. Yeah, I used to too. I can't think of what they look like now at the moment. He's the only one I can remember, like in my head, that yeah. I can still see the look of in the fight. Right. He walks in there with a nice swagger. Kit, when Kit Fisto <laughs> actually, Kit Fisto looked like he was a pretty cool Jedi, judging from the Clone Wars. So, yeah, the fact that uh, Sidious was just like, ah, "You're dead." Uh, I was like, oh, "Okay, Sidious, is pretty fucking powerful." <laughs> yeah, I think it was more to trying to paint the. You know, that he is more, again, like more the step up from what these Jedi are, that he can take them out that easily. But still, it seemed like they all just went out like a pun. Like, they don't even move. That's because he's so fast. They just let him stab him through the chest and, all right. Yeah. Well, it's also, like when the Flash punches through someone's heart. You can't stop him. Still, I I would have been, had more respect for Sidious if he took on all four of them at the same time and started to piece them off one by one. But they didn't. Of course, he's not, du- like he's not a dumb villain. That would be really hard it. to do with... Uh... As old as that actor is. That's why they have stunt doubles. Be, yeah. But if you remember in the Clone Wars, uh, Sidious goes after um, Savage and Darth Maul and just fucking annihilates the shit out of them. That's something so, I would have loved to see in live action. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was really cool seeing a cartoon. And he toys with them the whole time. Like, he's just laughing hysterically. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it wasn't even a challenge for him. It was pretty awesome. Uh, All right, one other question. So, I've seen people theorizing about this or maybe just making wild guesses, but people are thinking Luke is evil in this movie. Anyone getting that from this trailer? No. I I think he's embracing his dark side like, like Mike said, he's trying to find the balance within himself, so he needs to to let the light and the dark kind of collide inside him. Like, I've seen more than one reaction to the trailer where the opening where Ray slaps her hand on the ground and starts, like, trying to catch her breath. First people thing that people think of is, like, oh, was Luke trying to choke her? What? Yeah. That didn't even cross my mind. I, yeah, I don't know where they're getting yeah. it from. But yeah, I'd seen Maybe that reaction from stuff. a couple people. I don't know. I have no indication that Luke is trying to be evil or is evil in this. No, at, at most it's his realizing how shitty of a teacher he was to Kylo and all those other kids. Yeah. So remorseful, not evil. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Remorseful, upset, you know, not evil. Evil's yeah. too harsh of a word. Right, okay. Luke I mean, needs to take some Xanax and yeah. get over <laughs> well, I mean, it. I could see that too because if if you remember Return of the Jedi, he um he sort of taps into the dark side for a little while. Uh huh. A little bit right at the they, end. Yeah. Yep. No, and they also. He, I mean, he, that's also the reason he wears all black was to signify that. Yeah. Which he's okay, not wearing cool. in this. Like he's not wearing that now. He's definitely gray brown. Yeah. Yeah, he's very Jedi Gandalf. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, and that Easter egg thing that I was watching before the podcast, uh, it showed Luke from A New Hope always wearing white. Luke from uh, Return of the or um, Empire Strikes Back, he was always wearing like a gray. And then Luke in Return of the Jedi was always wearing black. And I now, had never thought about that, but that is a really good thing to yeah. pick up. Yeah, it was it was very white, then it was very neutral, and then it was very black in in each of the successive movies and then if you look at uh, Force Awakens it's very gray again yeah that's a good point I hadn't even that thought never even occurred to me neither did I that's why I was like wow that's pretty enlightening I didn't realize that I've seen those movies fucking how many times and I would never looked at his fucking attire right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right. so alright we think Luke is not evil what about Rey do you expect Rey to go to the dark side no because I've, like sh- I've seen a lot of people feel, like theorizing that Kylo and Rey are going to flip sides. Rey goes bad, Kylo gets redeemed. I see no I, evidence of that. I can only see her going dark side if it's revealed Luke's her father and abandoned her, and then she'd get real depressed about it. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> I laugh, but yeah, that that's that would make sense. Do I think she's going to go full dark side? No, but I feel like what Mike was saying with the balance, she's going to have to let the dark side in. Okay. Does anybody see Kylo Ren being redeemed at all? Maybe not this movie, but by the end of the trilogy. I feel like they're going to bait us with like that. He's still redeemable towards the end. so They're still good in him. Yeah. Yeah, are we going to get the Darth Vader ending for him? I think he lives. Lives through the trilogy? Yeah. Lives through nine? Okay. Do you think he gets redeemed or just lives? 
I bet he gets redeemed because at its heart, Star Wars is always about having like really good endings when they're not like planned endings like the prequels. We all knew how that was ending. I think they really wanted to end on a really happy note. Like, okay. Um, Jedi did. Okay. Um, yeah, I I don't want either of them to switch sides. I think Ray would be better as just a good guy. I think Kylo Ren would work better as just a flat out bad guy. I don't need this wishy washy. He might be good. He might be good. Like no, just I. Sure, we get a little bit of the you know Vader gets redeemed eventually, but Vader was a better character as just a straight up badass. You give Vader that hallway scene at Rogue One and just extend that out for, you know, the years that he was Vader, like, that's what I want to see out of Vader. That's the same kind of thing I want to see out of Kylo Ren. Or when you play as Vader in uh, Force Unleashed. Yeah, and just wreck shit. Yeah, you're just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bunch of Wookiees. Yeah. <laughs> it was Wookiees. You're, you're, you're just killing Wookiees. Yeah. Which, I mean, that... I, I don't necessarily agree that that's what I want out of the villain. Because... If the villain isn't humanized in some way where you can understand them, because I, I I'm I not know. saying Personally, they shouldn't I don't flesh him out. Is I'm not saying they shouldn't flesh him out and they shouldn't give him a backstory and a reason for him being evil. I just think he should stay evil. Right. I'm just saying in reality, I don't believe that anybody is pure evil. I don't believe that actually exists. The emperor? No, no. I'm saying reality. Oh, well, I thought we meant the reality of this making the movies. Okay. No, no, no. In reality, reality, I don't think pure evil actually exists. I think you'd have to so, define it like really well. Irredeemable in any way. There's no redeeming quality whatsoever within someone. I mean, those are still tra- they might not exist in real life, but I think those are still traits that you could use in a movie for a villain. And they'll have that in Snoke. Okay. And, and redeemable, I, you know. I still think like I'd, I'd be okay and... with Kylo like trying to decide if he wants to come back to the light, like the same kind of struggle that he sort of had in in Force Awakens that solidified him as as an evil guy. Like it took me like he it probably wasn't until the second or third Dude. time I saw Force Awakens that the whole conversation he has with Han Solo before he kills him isn't "I want to be redeemed, help me come back to the light." It's the complete opposite. He wants to solidify himself as a bad guy, as a dark side user, and the way to do that is to kill his father. It wasn't tr- him trying to coax Han do into you, bringing him back to do the you light. Think that or erased any like in the Kylo Ren like side pie chart? You know, it yes. would probably look like Pac Man with a little bit of sliver of white there. Do you think that erased that whole sliver of? It's all symbolized white? in that scene. The sun is shining. When he makes the decision to kill Han, the sun goes away, and he's bathed in shadow in a red light and then he kills Han Solo. If See, that's not symbolism that he... for what side he just chose, I don't know what is. I kind of feel like there was no decision that happened at that point. I kind of felt like Kylo knew what would happen the next time he saw Han and he knew exactly what he would do. And that there it, I didn't feel like that that was Kylo actually struggling with himself as much as baiting Han into doing what he wanted and trying to make it hurt as much as possible for him when he did it. Okay, even still, that shows no, like, grippling with the light side. That's pure evil. That's pure dark side thinking right there. It It is, but that doesn't mean that 
that one instance of pure evil means that he is pure evil. One action of like one action of pure evil does not define evil, is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. three or four moments, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from Deadpool. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we'll... so. That and killing all the younglings. That's two. We just need like one more. <laughs> if he offs another main character in this movie, that could do it. <laughs> Do we think Luke will survive this movie? Yeah, he's getting yes. paid too much. So he'll be, he'll be back for nine? He has to be. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that's the case. I'd, I'd hate for him to be like the last remaining uh, like original cast member, and then they just kill him off in this one too. I feel like he has to make it at least one more. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, anything else to add for this trailer? Or we'll move on to Thor. Andy, you got anything else from your Easter egg post that you watched? Uh, no, I don't. I don't really. I don't think so. Okay. All right. So this is probably the shortest we've talked about a Star Wars trailer. Probably about an hour. We'll see if we can extend the time the next time they do another trailer. Well, they'll probably have something to actually go on with the next trailer. Yeah, probably a couple more plot points actually from the Not second trailer. And a bunch of recycled clips. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they don't do the whole, oh, I'm your father, fuck you. <laughs> I hope they do. Oh my god, I hope that's the only, that's the trailer. It's just that, but they like put Mark Hamill's face on Vader. So it's him saying it to himself. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but man, I was fucking pissed. You didn't know that going into that trailer? Yeah. But, I mean, if you try to avoid that and you watch that trailer, you're like, fuck me, what the hell? I mean, if you, fo- uh, like, do you follow any of the stuff for the movie? Cause that was confirmed like months ago. Who yeah, Kurt Russell no. was playing? Not really. No. Okay, so that was a complete surprise to you when they did that in the trailer. I thought maybe that when he was cast, that was a possibility. But I, you know, I would have liked to have seen it myself fleshed out for the first time instead of like flipping channels and being like, "Ooh, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, <laughs> fuck me." <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's all the more reason, like, why I'm really hesitant to watch any trailers anymore. That, that's like, like that's like putting. Um, Luke, I am your father in the fucking Return or um, Empire Strikes Back trailer. Like, what the fuck, nuts? Why would you do that? <laughs> but I mean, didn't uh, I don't think it's that extensive. No, it's. I mean, it's not that bad, but it's <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, it's not good. I'm just saying. I I, I don't know if it's you know that, but it, it, Ian's right. They did hit at hint at it at the end of Guardians. That you know, the whole like, oh yeah, that guy was a, what is he like an asshole or something like that, yeah, jackass. Say, yeah. so, so you know you're gonna meet Star Lord's father. Mm-hmm. You know, like we know that's coming in this movie because they refer to it that way at the end of the last one. So, but, but do you have to play it in the trailer? <laughs> I don't know. No, that's true. I'm more upset about the thing in the Thor trailer that ruined it. All right, well, we'll, that's a good segue. We'll get there (laughs) next. Um, Yeah, so as Ian said, we're going to talk about the Thor Ragnarok trailer. Um, I don't know if I need to set this up at all, really. Or do we just want to get into it, Thor trailer? What do you guys think? Anything stick out to you guys? It's much more colorful. Yes. Got a real, like, Guardians of the Galaxy vibe with it. Like, they're really trying to emulate that. 
they realize that's where the money is. Yeah. Because, like, um, the name makes it seem like it's going to be a really dark movie. But the trailer makes it seem like it's real bright and happy and it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, at the rate they're going, it could be a good mix of both. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Because, I mean, we still get glimpses of, like, how dark this movie could get with basically what Kate Blanchett uh, leveling Asgard. Yeah. She also uh, destroys Mjolnir if I yeah, that too. saw it correctly. Like, holy shit. So she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Uh, who is she? Do we know? Who is she? Uh, Hila. 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 Okay. Hila. No, no. Hila. Yeah, yeah. Or... Is it Hila or Hela? I don't know the correct <laughs> pronunciation. Um, but it, it, and it's actually Hela, Hela, Hell. Um, kind of all the same character. Basically a form of Satan. Okay. Um, but not Marvel's Satan. Marvel's Satan is Mephisto. So it's... It's like it, um, Norse mythology as, Satan. Yeah. Okay. Like god of the uh, goddess of the underworld kind of thing. Say more, I would say more similar to Hades. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna make the Hades reference. Uh, Ian, you mentioned that it feels kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that a good thing for you? Or a bad thing? I mean, I think in general it's a good thing, but then you have movies like Suicide Squad that I think tried to emulate that too, and that didn't work out too well. <laughs> Point taken. Yep. Like I, I like the aesthetics. I thought it looked really cool. Like not just like the guardian stuff. I thought the whole world like just looked really nice and like that. I like that future tech feel of like Asgard and stuff. Yeah. So I really just enjoyed seeing more of that in the trailer. That's always been a big thing for me. I just like that like sci-fi cross with like with the middle age thing that I was going on. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, um, anything, are Andy? We... Go ahead. Uh, annoyed about the reveal in this trailer? Yeah. I'm a little upset. The, you talking about the Hulk? Yes. Yeah. Save that. Yeah. You save Planet Hulk. You See, again, maybe Hulk. it's just because I follow this stuff sort of religiously, but I, I knew Hulk was going to be in it too, but do you, I like, save something for me, like jaw drop in the movie theater. Please, I know, really think like, like the Hulk thing screamed. is gonna be in the first act of the movie. Like I don't think it's meant to be a surprise. But I would have been screaming no. like holy fuck Planet Hulk's happening, you know? <laughs> I'd have been but, real I mean, happy a... and like excited. But that's the thing, is that Planet Hulk isn't like actually gonna be happening here. I mean yeah, like I it's know, gonna be it a subplot. Like it's the outfit. I, I... Oh yeah, yeah, the out the outfit. Yeah, I know, there. but it looks cool and I would have yelled about it still. <laughs> Well, the marketing. Yeah, I, I know they're not doing the Planet Hulk story, yet, but I would have yelled that because it's like, oh, that's the Planet Hulk costume. You guys get that reference, everyone here? You know, check with everyone real quick. Make sure we're all like on the same page. <laughs> the uh, the marketing decision for that makes sense. The Thor movies, especially the last one, hasn't done really well. People would largely say that's probably the worst Marvel movie that's out so far. So how do they get people excited for another Thor movie? They put the Hulk in there. Like, that's a big reveal that's going to get people excited to go see the movie. So it makes yes. sense while it's in the trailer. I I agree it would be a much for, much more fun reveal having just seen the movie, but for for doing what it needs to do to get people to see the movie, I think it's it's in there for that purpose. 
I think they could have just cut it, though, when they said The Incredible, and I think people would have gotten it without showing it. Yeah, they could have said The Incredible, and then go to Thor, and he's like, I know that guy from work! (laughs) Yeah. And not even show The Incredible Hulk. But then you're like, ah, it's The Incredible Hulk! You know, like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think... For a general audience, that would be a good surprise way. Like, but if they said, "Oh, the Incredible," and "Oh, I know him from work," everybody speaking here knows exactly what they would be referring to. It wouldn't be a surprise. Anymore. But we wouldn't have seen him yet. Yeah, I know it would have been. Different. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> well, it could have been the Hulkbuster costume. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> uh, anything else stick out to you guys, Mike? Anything? Uh, um. I, I didn't like that they cut his hair. You know, <laughs> I was going to ask I, about like, the haircut. Yeah. In the, the helmet. I, I don't know if that's going to be just for the one scene or what the deal there is. But if they were going to change Thor around so much for this movie and what they're seeming to do, I would have much preferred Beta Ray Bill. And I don't know how the hell they would have explained that, but it would have been fun. Yeah, Beta Ray would have been cool. Well, considering... Maybe just... that's a reveal they're saving. It could be. Um, just going back to the helmet thing, considering like the only time you other see, you really see Thor in a helmet is the, the very beginning of the first Thor movie, and then he never puts it on again. I was really excited to see him put the helmet back on in, this, in the trailer. I like the classic looking one. Yeah. Wow, I cannot remember him wearing a helmet in the first one. It, the yeah, he does. First Thor movie opens with him like being presented the hand, like he has the hammer. He's going to talk to Odin. To basically become king, and he's wearing the helmet. He yeah. kneels in front of Odin. He takes the helmet off, and he never wears it again. I'll have to look at that again. Never wears it in Avengers. Never wears it in Thor two. Age of Ultron. That that too. Yeah. Well, just... I wonder if the haircut is some kind of like symbolism, like when Samson got his haircut because he's like a slave now. Right. Yeah, I think that yeah, there's definitely a reason for him losing his hair. Well, they even show it in the trailer, him getting it, them chopping it off. Yeah, they but. strap him to the chair, and then I think that's when he gets the haircut. Uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum looks like he's going to be pretty awesome. Jeff Goldblum in anything is pretty awesome, so I'm pretty yeah, fucking excited. Marvel should Another just retcon all of their movies and put Jeff Goldblum in everything. Yeah, even with like so weird they're... eyeliner shit, like he still looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so they're getting him back for the next Jurassic World. So that Are would they? be nice. No yes. way. Fucking A. He doesn't have a lot of shit on the shelf. So. I can't imagine he's, you know, tough to get a hold of these days to get into a movie. So why not get him back? Wasn't he in one of the Law and Orders there for a while? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I think so. I'm just hoping his role in Jurassic World 2 is just is more than a cameo. If I, If it's just a cameo, I'll be a little bit disappointed. What do you guys think the uh, of the '80s neon? Do you think that'll translate into the movie at all, or do you think that's just like a marketing thing? I'm pretty excited to see it. I was, you hear Thor Ragnarok, and you kind of see some things about it, and you think, "Wow, this is going to be darker than Dark World." And then they show you this, and you're like, "Wow, this seems kind of fun and exciting." Kind of like Ian said at the beginning part of this thing, he's like, yeah. "Wow, guys, this looks fun." You know, it it does. Yeah, I think the, from what I understand, I haven't seen anything else from this director, uh, but I think his other movies have had a sense of humor to them where, you know, almost like they don't take themselves too seriously, which I feel like I'm getting that vibe from this movie. 
which I mean, most Marvel movies have kept up a sense of fun and, and they're always pretty lighthearted and, and good with the jokes and stuff like that. But for, again, like Andy said, for one that you think hearing the title should be the end of all things and, and hell on earth type of stuff. And you get this type of vibe from the trailer. It seems to go against what you'd expect, which I don't know if it's a good thing, but I'm still excited for it. Yeah, I I, I watched the trailer and I was like, I was like bouncing up and down in my chair. I was like, this looks awesome. Well, plus the song weird. choice fucking nailed it with this trailer. I loved it. What was the song choice? Oh, it was um Led Zeppelin. Uh, Zeppelin, yeah. Yeah, that's something about that just fucking it hit every note Im- for the trailer. Immigrant song, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, how much, I mean, how much humor do you think we'll see in this movie? Do you think it'll be straight up comedy or think we'll get a lot of the dark stuff in there? They're just saving it for the movie. The, I felt like the humor from the first two Thors really fell sort of flat. Okay. I wouldn't say either of those movies was incredibly humorous. You just can't stand Kat Dennings. I don't mind Kat Dennings. (laughs) Because she was the bulk of the humor in those movies. She was, mm-hmm. and you know, she made me chuckle, but it like it didn't meet the Marvel humor expectation, in my opinion. Those would be the low points on that scale. Okay. There uh, certainly was no Ant Man or Civil War. Those had some pretty damn good moments in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, don't have Paul Rudd in this though, so that's true. <laughs> but I mean, I mean uh, Thor himself has had some pretty funny moments. In oh yeah, the Avengers movies, but he just doesn't have them in his own movies. Which Chris Hemsworth himself is fucking hilarious. So I'm, yes, I'm he is excited yeah. that he you gets a chance va- to. Have you seen to... Vacation? He's hilarious in that. Yeah, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. The first Thor movie, when he walks into the pet store and just, I need a horse. <laughs> I laughed at that when he slams the coffee mug on the ground. Another. <laughs> I laughed at that. I, I still laugh at that every time I see it. His stuff was good. It's just the rest of the cast fell short on the comedy. Fair enough. Like I mean, when they're trying to write like an actual joke is when it doesn't come through. <laughs> when it's Thor reacts, it's good. Yeah, that's but fair. The actual yeah. jokes miss. That makes sense. I got you. Do you think they'll they'll correct itself in this movie? You think it'll be better? I'm the hoping that the direction work? of the trailer seems good, but you can cut a damn good trailer. Out of a shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that, yes. And we've Suicide seen trailers. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and we've seen trailers recently, too, where, like, the cut of the trailer doesn't match the tone of the movie at all. Also true. And it's yeah. a very dis- big disconnect. But um, I think Marvel knows what they're doing at this point, and I, I don't think they'd try and pull a bait and switch like that. Yeah. Who, uh, uh, who directed this? Uh, Takiti. To shit. I can't think of his name. Tequila, uh, Tequila Banana. No. Who, who directed the first two Thor movies? Different people. Uh, Branagh directed the first one. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember who which one Branagh directed. Was um, the first one then. The okay. guy that, I think one guy that directs Game of Thrones, a bunch of Game of Thrones did Thor 2. I can't think of okay. his name. I'm going to try to IMDB him real quick. Uh, Alan Taylor, Thor uh, Dark World. Not overly familiar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Now I gotta look him up again. Oh, he did Terminator Genesis. So there's oh, oh, there's oh, that. oh, that's the best Terminator. <laughs> oh, he did shit, that guys. directly after Thor: The Dark World. That was his next movie. Was Terminator Genesis. Woof. Step up. 
stuff off. Has he gotten work after that? I'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Still <laughs> still directing some Game of Thrones. Movie? Okay, okay. I think that's all he's done after that. That's good. That's solid work. Yeah, Game of Thrones is really good. But yeah, he's done a lot uh, of TV. didn't really Boardwalk do Empire. a super good job with the movies there. <laughs> <laughs> he needs something to be short and like have a very strict budget. Yeah, I think he was another one that had said that he had problems working in Marvel's system and didn't really have too many good things to say about his time working on Thor. Uh, Takiya Watiti. Funny, no one else did. That's the guy that did Ragnarok. No, yeah, and he was in Green Lantern. He was. Uh, in was it? he the was he the best friend character? He was. Yeah, yeah. Tom. I tried to forget that movie, so you'll have to. I'll have to Google it or something. But yeah, his directing seems weird. It seems like some indie stuff, and then he did like some episodes for. You might remember a TV show called The Inbetweeners. The Inbetweeners uh, was awesome. The, the BBC show. No, I'm pretty sure this is the U.S. Re- like version. <laughs> oh, I never saw the U.S. version. The British version was awesome. Yeah, this is the U.S. version that I believe aired on MTV. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Sad thing. Sad. Uh, do we want to take any guesses on uh, why Hulk is there? Like, do we think he's under some sort of mind control? Do you think he's fighting on his own free will, or like, how do you control the Hulk? I think maybe they. Uh, it sounded like Jeff Goldblum plucked or got. Thor, um, forcibly. So I'm wondering if they did the same with uh, the Hulk. Okay. So at that point, like, why? Why do you think like Hulk? Like Thor obviously recognizes Hulk. Does Hulk just not recognize Thor, or he doesn't give a shit and just wants to kick the crap out of him? It actually looked like he recognized him in the trailer. Mm-hmm. It did. So it's curious to me why they continue to fight each other. Because that's how you get the food. You gotta fight to get food. And Hulk needs his food. <laughs> so they're just putting on a ruse and... No, it's not a ruse. They're, they're fighting because one of them gets to eat and the other one dies. It's life, Brian. Well, that's what I mean. Like, why would, why would they agree to fight if one of them has to die? Because they have explosion collars on and if they don't fight, they get exploded. <laughs> it's like you'd even watch the trailer. Apparently I missed that detail. That's why I have you here. Thank you. <laughs> um, do we want to make any guesses on if we'll see an Infinity Stone in this movie? We have one left to go. My guess is everything. No. But go ahead. Everything that Thor has been pointing to in the last couple of Avengers movies would point to me saying yes. Okay. Maybe that's what they're fighting for. Is they're the, fighting the, for an Infinity like Stone. Bathe, bathe in a pool after Age of Ultron to figure out because another one of the stones had come up and he left saying like I have to go research this and whatnot. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah I don't know if that would mean that they like he knows where the, the last one is or if that would just mean he's aware of someone gathering them and has to try to figure out why. Or maybe that's what Hell's going after. 
could I mean one theory I saw was that that was she has one in her possession and that's what helps her level Asgard and destroy the other. Yeah, yeah, that could be too. So I mean, the last stone has to be cosmic, which leads it Guardians Two or Thor Ragnarok. I think these are the only two logical places for it to show up. I don't think well, it makes think sense for it to be on Earth again. You think Both? Guardians will have a post-credit scene relating to this? Yeah. So both of the uh, both of these movies are supposed to be taking place during the Civil War to explain why Thor and Hulk were not there. I don't know if it. Yeah, it could. I mean, Thor obviously went back to Asgard, so they might not explicitly say it, but I think that's probably what you're supposed to take away from it. Yeah. Like to excuse their absence. I don't know if it's if they're happening exactly concurrently, but yeah, it would, it would explain why they're not around. Right. Um. Anything else? Oh, did anyone else get confused when? Uh, maybe I'm the only one, but they had one quick shot of Idris Alba, like slicing some guy with like he had like dreads or something. Now, I looked at that shot like three or four times, and I kept thinking, "Oh, it's the dude that plays Bishop from Days of Future Past." Because he looks exactly the fucking same. <laughs> I it took me a really long time to figure out that was Idris Alba. I don't. Was that just me? Yeah. It no, I, I looks like Idris Alba. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I got confused. I just um, are we Anything surprised else? we got that Loki? Uh, surprised that we got Loki. Yeah. No. Wasn't he supposed to be in hiding his own? I'm assuming, well, I guess just because partially from the the end credit scene of Doctor Strange that obviously the jig is up at some point in this movie. Like, they are aware that Odin is missing, which means Loki doesn't have to impersonate Odin anymore. So, I don't don't know. Do I mean, do you think that Loki is working with Hela to try to destroy Asgard? Do you think he is gonna team up with Thor at some point. Like I don't I don't know where Loki's play is in this movie. I would guess that he would try to prevent Hell from doing that, but that is merely a guess because I think he still assumes that he should be um forefront to ruling Asgard. So I don't think he would want anybody to destroy it. Right. That's yeah, that's sort of where my head's at too. Uh, anybody else got anything to add? Otherwise, I think we'll close this one down. No, no I'm excited to see it. Yeah, uh, November, right? I think sometime November. Good lord! Yeah, yeah, we got a couple other things to see before then. Guardians well, is like two weeks we just, away. I guess we did just review the last Jedi is not until December. So yeah, five. that too. Or no, Guardians is next week, less than a week, mm-hmm. about a week. I'm thinking two weeks again. Jeez. Yeah, that'll be here before we know it, too. What do you guys think about the uh, Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie? It looks interesting. I don't know if I'll see it in the theater. Yeah, I'm kind of debating it. It just it just seems like they could have done the exact story, but not used like King Arthur's name in any way. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't have like cared. Yeah. You could have done the same story without it. Like, I get they're not paying for it, but... What do you mean they're not paying for it? Well, like, I, I'm sure King Arthur's gotta be just, like, pop like, free now. I don't think that's trademarked by anyone. Oh, I see. I got you. Okay. Yeah. 
Public domain. That's what I was. That's the words. I was I looking for that too, and I couldn't. I couldn't get it. So you, you got there before me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else? I think that's where we'll close it down. Uh, all right. So if you enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us five star rating and review. Uh, be sure to share, subscribe, and favorite the show wherever you decide to listen to us. As always, you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash superfriends or just search for and superfriends. Either one will work. And don't forget, you can now send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff to superfriends at gmail.com or bgsuperfriends on Twitter. Any of that stuff will work. On behalf of Andy, Ian, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Thank <laughs> you.